Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi there, this chapter is going to be for 2 Kings chapter 3. Now Jehoram, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel in Samaria the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned 12 years. And he wrought evil in the sight of the Lord, but not like his father and like his mother, for he put away the image of Baal that his father had made. Nevertheless, he cleaved unto the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which made Israel to sin. He departed not therefrom. Kyle and Delich note that Jehoram's attempt to reform Israel was only partial. Joram, or Jehoram, was not so ungodly as his father, Ahab, and his mother Jezebel. He had the statue or pillar of Baal, which his father had erected in Samaria, removed, and it was only to the sin of Jeroboam, the calf worship, that he adhered. Joram, therefore, wished to abolish the worship of Baal and elevate the worship of Jehovah under the image of the calf, or ox, into the religion of his kingdom once more. He did not succeed, however, in exterminating the worship of Baal. It not only continued in Samaria, but appears to have been carried on again in the most shameless manner, at which we cannot be surprised, since his mother Jezebel, that fanatical worshiper of Baal, was living throughout the whole of his reign. The worship of Baal, who was a fertility god, involved all sorts of immorality, temple prostitution, and other wicked practices that were extremely difficult to stop when most of the people were themselves immoral and wicked. Verse 4, And Mesha, king of Moab, was a sheep master, and rendered unto the king of Israel an hundred thousand lambs, and an hundred thousand rams with the wool. The Moabites had paid tribute to Israel since the days of King David. They gave a hundred thousand lambs and the same number of rams to the king of Israel each year. With the death of Ahab, King Mesha of Moab thought Israel was weakening, so he rebelled and began to attack nearby towns and villages. Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, had maintained friendly relations with Ahab and wanted to maintain them with Jehoram, Ahab's son and successor. Judah had also been attacked by Moab, so it was natural for Jehoshaphat to agree to an alliance with Israel against a common enemy. By marching through Edom, Judah and Israel would increase their army with Edomite soldiers who were in servitude to Judah. They could also surprise Moab by attacking from the geographical, geographically most difficult and therefore the least likely direction. That was from the Institute Manual. Verse 5. But it came to pass when Ahab was dead that the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel, and king Jehoram went out of Samaria at the same time and numbered all Israel. And he went and sent to Jehoshaphat the king of Judah, saying, The king of Moab hath rebelled against me. Wilt thou go with me against Moab to battle? And he said, I will go up. I am as thou art, my people as thy people, and my horses as thy horses. And he said, Which way shall we go up? And he answered, The way through the wilderness of Edom. So the king of Israel went, and the king of Judah, and the king of Edom, and they fetched a compass, or made a circuit, of several days' journey, of seven days' journey, and there was no water for the host and for the cattle that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, that the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord, that we may inquire of the Lord by him, and of the king of Israel's servants? Answered and said, Here is Elisha the son of Shaphat, 
which poured water on the hands of Elijah. Water was poured on the hands of persons after a meal. This shows that Elisha served Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. And Elisha said unto the king of Israel, What have I to do with thee? Get thee to the prophets of thy father and to the prophets of thy mother. And the king of Israel said unto him, Nay, for the Lord hath called thee, have called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look toward thee, nor see thee. But now now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass, when the minstrel played, that the hand of the Lord came upon him. It appears that Elisha was angry at the king, and asked for music to be played to, to allow the spirit to return to him. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. For thus saith the Lord, Ye shall not see wind, neither shall ye see rain. Yet yet that valley shall be filled with water, that ye may drink, both ye and your cattle and your beasts. And this is but a, a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will deliver the Moabites also into your hand. And ye shall smite every fenced city and every choice city, and shall fell every good tree, and stop all wells of water, and mar every good piece of land with stones." The prophet Elisha commanded Israel to do three things as they went through the land of Moab. Cut down all the trees that could be used to build fortifications for the justification of this practice in Deuteronomy chapter 20. Two, destroy the wells that provided the life-giving waters of the land. And three, throw rocks on the fields. A large army passing through an area could quickly cover the land with rocks. It would then take months of hard work to uncover the land so crops could again be grown. The reasoning was that the defeated army would have to spend its labor in recovering from war rather than in preparing to wage it again. That was out of the Institute Manual. Verse 20, And it came to pass in the morning when the meat offering was offered that, behold, there came water by the way of Edom and the county and the country was filled with water. There had been rain in the mountains, and now drained into the valleys. And when all the Moabites heard that the kings were come up to fight against them, they gathered all that were able to put on armor and upward, and stood in the border. And they rose up early in the morning, and the sun shone upon the water, and the Moabites saw the water on the other side of as red as blood. On hearing the report of the march of the allied kings, Moab had raised all the men that were capable of bearing arms and stationed them on the frontier. In the morning when the sun had risen above the water, the Moabites saw the water opposite of them like blood and said, That is blood. The allied kings have destroyed themselves and smitten one another. And now to the spoil, Moab, coming with this expectation to the Israelitish camp, they were received by the allies who were ready for battle and put to flight. The divine help consisted there, therefore not in a miracle which surpassed the laws of nature, but simply in the fact that the Lord God, as he had predicted through his prophet, caused the forces of nature ordained by him to work in the predetermined manner. From the reddish earth of the freshly dug trenches, the water collected in them had a had acquired a reddish color, which was considerably intensified by the rays of the rising sun, so that when seen from a distance it resembled blood. The Moabites, however, were, were the less likely to be to entertain the thought of an optical delusion from the fact that with their accurate acquaintance with the country, they knew very well that there was no water in the wa- in the wadi at that time, and that they had they had neither seen nor heard anything of the rain which had fallen at a great distance off in the Edomitish mountains. The thought was therefore a natural one, with that the water was blood, and that the cause of the blood could only have been that their enemies had massacred one another, more especially as the jealousy between Israel and Judah had not was not unknown to them, and they could have no doubt that Edom not only come with them as a forced ally. 
And that was by Kiel and Dillich. Verse 25. And they said, This is blood. The kings are surely slain, and they have smitten one another. Now therefore Moab to the spoil. And when they came to the camp of Israel, the Israelites rose up and smote the Moabites, so that they fled before them. But they went forward, smiting the Moabites even in their country. And they beat down the cities, and on every good piece of land cast every man his stone, and filled it. And they stopped all the wells of water, and felled all the good trees. Only in Kirhaseth, Left they the stones thereof, howbeit the slingers went about it and smote it. And when the king of Moab saw that the battle was too sore for him, he took with him seven hundred men that drew swords to break through even unto the king of Edom, but they could not. Then he took his eldest son that should have reigned in his stead and offered him for a burnt offering upon the wall. And there was a great indignation against Israel, and they departed from him and returned to their own land. And so that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time.